0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit TobinBrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the show brought to you by the great crew at Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Today we're joined by one of Australian cricket's most inspiring figures. Karen Rolton is a member of the Australian and ICC Halls of Fame, having starred as a prolific run scorer and a consistent wicket-taker in all three formats of the game over a magnificent 15-year career. Karen was a captain, a dual World Cup winner and a destructive number 3 batter who one coach once said was best to nullify by not dismissing the Aussie Openers so she couldn't bat. Karen, hello and welcome. Hi,
2: thank you very much.
0: Now, that strategy was put forth by the former New Zealand coach, Steve Jenkin. Just don't take a wicket so Karen doesn't come to the middle. Uh, Not a bad compliment, it must be said.
2: Yeah, it's not too bad a one. I think um, also because he used to coach me um, in the Aussie team as well. So... Um, he had some inside information, but um, yeah, I, I was probably the other thing, uh, the other thought of uh, hoping the openers would get out so I
0: could get in as soon as possible. <laughs> well, I was just reading through, you know, a couple of your achievements off the top. I mean, there's so many runs and so many records. I mean, four times a winner of the Belinda Clark Award, of course, the annual medal for best Australian cricketer. And you were the ICC Women's Cricketer of the Year in 2006. 15 years with the national side, as I said. How does the career live on with you now, Karen?
2: Yeah, it um, feels like forever ago now. Um, you know, I guess, yeah, I would have loved to have been playing now because they, they're playing so much more cricket and, um, you know, getting to travel around and testing themselves against, the you know, the best players in the world. But, um, you know, I, I still wouldn't change anything. We, you know, we had a lot of good players I played with and, and against as well. So... It's always nice to to go back and and remember, you know, just your career and and what you
0: did in it. And I'm interested in what stands out for you. I mean, we're, we're going to cover some ground today in terms of your career. You finished up with the national side in 2009. So 12, what is it, 12 to 13 years on from that, what memories come Easily to mind for you, Karen, you know the good, the bad, or or both
2: yeah, I guess a lot of the the world cups I played I' played in four world cups and was lucky enough to win two. Um, I guess one of the you know the the main ones was the the ninety seven world Cup playing that in uh, Eden Gardens in front of uh, they say anywhere between sixty and eighty thousand people. Um, that's just something I'm always going to remember. Uh, I, I remember we went for a fielding, you couldn't even talk to your teammate that was only a few metres away because it was so loud, uh, the noise. So, obviously, that's one winning the first World Cup. And then, the, obviously, losing the 2000 World Cup to New Zealand in New Zealand, we, we lost by about four rounds. And, uh, you know, that was. It was a game I probably wish we lost by you know twenty or thirty rounds, but we, you know we stayed in there the whole time, it came to the last over and uh, just lost that one. so so that was pretty tough to to take and then and, uh, of winning the 2005 World Cup and and you know I guess being lucky enough to make a century in that in that final as well is uh, one of the things I'll, I'll remember.
1: Well, straight over cover, that's it. She 100 in the World Cup final here at Super Sport Park. A fantastic innings by her. Her sixth one day
0: 100. She gave herself in a bit of room and punched it. There she's screaming, punching air. What a fantastic innings in a World Cup final. Yeah, geez, Eden Gardens as well. When you mentioned ninety-seven, that's only what a, a two years, less than two years in, into your international career. So really early on in your journey, your head must have been spinning at times over there in India.
2: Yeah, it was. Like um, I was lucky enough to, to have gone over to India earlier uh, in, in a youth tour, so I sort of knew what to expect. And you know, just being able to play in front of some crowds, I love their cricket. And um, yeah, it's just amazing to be a part of, especially to, to to play in the World Cup and um and and making it through and you know just all the travelling we had to do and just all the different things and you know but we had an amazing team and um, we were just uh, too good in in that tournament.
0: You've left a huge legacy when it comes to the current um, squad and everything it represents and the culture that exists within that group, Karen. In in you know indeed you helped pave the way for a lot of that, but. You've got some bricks and mortar with your name on it as well, Karen Rolton Oval in the city of Adelaide. I mean that that must continue to be a great source of pride for you, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I still laugh about it. Um, you know, I guess it's just funny when you're either watching TV or yeah. or anything, and they and they say like the the Scorpions or the Strikers in the in the women big bash are playing at the Karen Rolton Oval. So <laughs> I do I do chuckle. Um, a little bit, um, you know. It's it's a fantastic honour um, to have that, and it's an amazing oval. Um, the, a, the amount of work they've done to, to to bring it up to what it is, and um, yeah, I guess you know, I'm just lucky enough, and it's like I said, it's an amazing honour to to have something like that.
0: I was going to ask you; it must take some getting used to because they play a lot of cricket there, and it does. This time of year comes up a lot, whether in the written word or on TV or on radio. I mean, you'd be Chopping some onions uh, in the kitchen, getting ready for dinner with the news on in the background, and your name had come up.
2: Yeah, it happens uh, quite a bit, and sometimes when I'm at work and the TV's going, and um, you know, people see my name up there all, all the time. But um, you know, the, yeah, there's been a lot of cricket there in, in the last little bit, um, with the even the men. The Redbacks and, and that playing there as well. So um, you know, it's just it's such a privilege and just something I'm very proud of.
0: So educators, then Karen, for those of us not from that part of Australia, the main oval there, and there's been a lot of work on that precinct. But the main oval there is redeveloped, is it not? Did you ever play there? Coming up?
2: No, I never played on that one. So that that's the one that's right on the corner. Um, of the city, and, and that's been redeveloped. And then they've got three ovals just out the back and, yeah. and nets as well. And I've played on, I think I've played on every one of those other wickets, um, uh, pitches that are there, um, whether it was state cricket or, or for club cricket. So um, so I have spent a fair bit of time there. At, um, Park, well, they used to call it Park 25. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good place that they've set up now for, for cricket.
0: So a left-hander with the bat. I mean, you averaged 55 in 14 tests, 48 in 141 ODIs, and 50 in 15 T20s. You scored 10 centuries, and you you hit the ball hard. What was your philosophy in the middle with the bat, Karen? I mean, what underpinned your approach to batting at this level? Well,
2: I think a lot of people probably say, you know, I just tried to hit boundaries so I didn't have to run between wickets. But um, um, I don't know. It was just something I just really enjoyed doing like um, you know if I saw the ball there to hit a cover drive you know I was hitting it um, it was just I was just trying to maximise the amount of runs I could score off, off each ball and I guess I don't know somehow I don't know where I got my power from but
1: um, you know it was
2: just something that was with me and
0: One of the most fearsome things about Karen Walton was actually how hard she hit the ball it was uh, you know we would talk in team meetings about how to stop her uh, and how to you know get her out or whatever but really it was mainly about about her trying to stop her scoring and just stop her smashing the ball. That is just simply clubbed away. That is hit with a bottom hand. She's found the gap. She's just simply murdered it through Madon for four. Yes, but once Karen Rolton making the most there of a full toss. Yeah,
2: I did enjoy hitting fours, um, you know, challenging, you know, the bowlers and captains as well for their field placements and, Um, yeah, it was just something, you know, as I said, if I saw the ball, I would just hit it, and I guess it just
0: came off hard. Probably selling you short, just calling you a batter, though, aren't we? I mean, an all-rounder's probably a title that's more fitting, but you did take wickets consistently, 14 wickets at 23 in tests, and 85 wickets at 20 in the ODI format. Left arm over, you enjoyed picking up the ball?
2: I did, um... Like I, I bowled from from when I was young, like coming up through like the state team, and and even for Australia, sometimes I'd open the bowling or bowl at the death or um, in the middle when they needed some wickets. So um, you know, I probably would bowl more at the end of my career, but my knees—I had too many injuries with my knees, so I just had to concentrate on batting for probably the last two or three years of, of my career in the Aussie team. But, um, you know, I, I guess for me, um, you know, I'm pretty, com- very well, I was going to say pretty competitive, but I'm a very competitive person. And, um, you know, I used to hate losing. So I just wanted to be in the game. And, um, you know, I guess it's just from bowling in the backyard uh, with my brother when I was growing up and um, with, with my father and that as well. So uh, just wanting to, to be a part of the game and doing whatever I could to help the team win.
0: And I don't know if I'm making this up, but watching some of your old highlights and your, your finer moments, you appeared to be especially fond of the the, the white brim, that the floppy. I mean, you don't see that around too much anymore.
2: I know. Um, I still still get a bit of stick about that now. Like um, <laughs> going back and coming through, yeah. Just it was just something I always wore the the floppy hat. So whether I was batting and. Even in state cricket, facing the likes of Catherine Fitzpatrick, who probably bowled, yes. I'm not sure what she was bowling, probably 120-odd K, and I'm just batting in a floppy hat. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to think back. Now, but um, yeah, there's lots of photos of me in the floppy, and the, like whether I'm coaching some of the girls at my cricket club now, or or just whatever, they they do remind me about the the floppy
0: hat. I, lo- I loved it, I loved it, Karen. But speaking of the here and now, I mean, I'm interested. How closely do you follow, you know, Meg Lanning in the current group? Great Ashes series here, and obviously over in New Zealand, getting ready to hunt the 50 over World Cup.
2: Yeah, no, I, f- I follow it all the time. Um, I you know I've had a fair bit. To do with Meg when I came over to the Victoria, I was assistant coach of the Victorian team, so got to do a fair bit with her. And you know, if she ever comes out and plays a club game, I I might see her around the place. But um, yeah, lots of the girls I was as I said involved with the the big bash uh, in the women for the first uh, five years that it was on, and and I'm coaching at club cricket now, so we have got some good girls coming through. So. I do follow it closely and, um, you know, just hoping the girls do do well every time they, they go out and play.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Journey, and it's thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Next, Karen Rolton takes us back to the beginning of a life in cricket.
1: You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
0: Hello, great to have your company on This Is Your Journey, made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. We're chatting to former Australian cricket captain Karen Ralton. Karen, take us back. What did childhood look like for you? Uh,
2: For me, I I was someone that I played a lot of sports uh, when I was growing up. I remember when I was quite young, my dad took me to for tennis lessons because he thought if I was any good, he could travel the world with me. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, where I grew up, there was a, a par three golf course across the road. Um, so I used to, myself, my brother, my dad, you know, Christmas morning, would quite often go across and and hit the golf ball. all my brother and I would always be going across there every night. Um, I'd be kicking the football playing netball um, and cricket as well. And, and where I grew up, there was, like, two sets of brothers. There was brothers on either side, so there was three sets of, of brothers. So just grew up playing, I guess, a lot with the boys. Um, we played tennis in the street back then. with up and down the driveway playing cricket. So, um, yeah, I was pretty much a, a tomboy, I guess.
0: And where was home?
2: Uh, in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, just, just north of the city, so not, not too far out of the city. Um, and, yeah, it was a good place to uh, to grow up in.
0: So you mentioned that sort of more tomboy upbringing, so it was more bats and balls and gloves and clubs, no sort of Barbies or dress-ups or anything like that?
2: No, not not really. It was just, you know, I loved being outside and playing, whatever. Like, even at school, I was always, you know, playing different things and... Um, like in all the sporting teams um as well. I think I even threw the javelin and that for a, for a bit as well in in high school and and used to do all that sort of stuff. So um yeah, I just as I said, I used to love playing um anything I could and um you know, I had a really good bunch of uh, you know, kids where where I grew up, so we were always playing uh
1: mm. everything
2: like during school, after school, we went from like uh primary school to high school together, so we all sort of grew up together and just played um everything we could.
1: So with all
0: that right on your doorstep, how did you go with the homework?
2: Um, I think I was okay but I was going away on a lot of cricket trips as well. <laughs> so when I when I was I remember when I was fourteen I made like the first state under eighteen team. So um yeah I was going away quite a bit as well but um yeah that's you know that was just what I was interested in and just wanted to get out and, and do it and um, school
0: probably came second uh, for a bit. Yeah. So 14 years of age and in the under uh, under 18 squad, I'll, I was going to ask you if there was a, a moment that you remember when you, you might have thought for the first time, well, this is great fun but maybe there could be a future in this caper for me going forward? Yeah,
2: I think... Um yeah, it's always a, it's a hard one trying to to remember back. I remember, like, I didn't even know women played cricket. Mm. So when I was playing in the boys team, like I was the only girl playing um, in the in the boys teams, and I, like had no idea um, that females played cricket. So I tried out for for back then. It was for the, I think the under thirteen. Um, it was a Shell Shield competition that was for prospect. Um, tried out. There was you know quite a few you know, maybe 30-odd boys, uh, like around 12, and and I was lucky enough to get chosen in the the final squad. And so I was playing, you know, pretty high up level at that time um, with the boys, and then it was there where uh, one of the parents actually told me uh, there was a a women's club. So I was 13 when I went out and played, um, went out to my first uh, women's training. So I remember the day going there, my dad... um, My parents took me, and I just remember, like, because it was a a women's club, and when we rocked up, I said, I don't want to get out of the car. Like, I was like, they're all too big. I don't want to get out. But, um, you know, it was probably lucky my dad made me get out, and, um, yeah, ended up doing all right. And... um,
1: Make, making a, a
2: lot of the state teams as, as I was growing up.
0: Oh, thank God he did get you out of the car, uh, Karen. Were well, mum and dad the unpaid taxi drivers growing up, like so many people would think uh-huh. back to listening?
2: Yeah, they, they would come out every training. Um, like even when I was, uh, like they'd come out to every game I played and even when I could drive, um, obviously they wouldn't come out to the trainings, but they'd come out every weekend um, and, and watch me play club cricket um, even when I was playing state cricket, they'd come out, and when I played for Australia and played um, in Australia, they, they'd come as well, and even, like, they used to make up, like, when I played for South Australia, they'd make up, like, backpacks, and they had, like, a whole supporters club uh, with scorpion hats and backpacks <laughs> and... Everything. So yeah, no, they they loved it, and they'd cook a barbecue. So uh, they, they'd always been fantastic supporters of me when when I was uh, growing up.
0: That's terrific. That's terrific. And and just I don't know, growing up, who was on the wall in the bedroom? If anyone was there, a hero, Karen? I mean, someone you emulated?
2: Yes, yeah, I followed. Uh, as I said, I I didn't know women mm. play cricket, so it was it was a lot of the the man. So. He's probably going back. You know, I used to love watching Darren Lehman play and Sachin Tendulkar and Brian Lara. And, you know, just going back to Desmond Haynes, Gordon Greenwich, Viv Richards. Like, just I could probably go on and on. But, um, you know, just I guess all, all the batters that used to play, you know, you know quite aggressively uh, in, in their day as well. So, you know, there's quite a few there. Obviously, the left handers. Uh, I've got a soft spot for so probably Lara and um, and Darren Lehman.
0: So before it got serious, I mean, when it's all fun, you know, as a kid, and you're not thinking about anything other than just the joy of playing the game. What gave you that joy when you were playing cricket?
2: I I just loved it. Um, I think yeah, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't all about. I just like the competitiveness. I think. Um, and whether I was playing state cricket or, or for Australia, I just, you know, enjoyed winning. But it was all about the team as well. Um, you know, I just wanted to do whatever I could to to help the team win. And that was, even went through uh, when I, in my younger days as well. I just wanted to do the best I could uh, to help the team win. I guess that's why I ended up playing, you know, cricket, a, a team sport rather than um, tennis um, as well.
0: Now, did you find your way, was it Olympic Women's Cricket Club, which later merged with the Adelaide Cricket Club? Is that Was that the name of the club when you joined?
2: Yes, yes it was, uh, Olympic Cricket Club.
0: And then mid-1990s, I think you joined Port Adelaide and you played with them, in fact right up until your retirement, um, summer of 2010-2011. Just on that, I was reading, Karen, in your last four years at Port, you averaged 112 with a high score of 236. Now, you didn't hang them up too early, did you?
2: No. I I was lucky when I made, I think, that 236. I I think I got dropped, like, first or second ball. (laughs) So I was like, well, I did give you a chance. Um, But, yeah, I think, yeah, myself, um, I made 200, and the other opener made 100 odds. So we put on a few there, but... um, yeah, it was just... Um, Look, I enjoyed playing. I played four years of men's cricket at Port Adelaide as mm-hmm. well. And But, my yeah, my too many injuries for me at the end. So um, right. it wasn't something... I didn't really want to be in pain for two, three, four days after games. You know, I remember my last year of state cricket, we'd play a T20 on a Friday night, a uh, 50-over game on a Saturday, and then on a Sunday, a, a T20 game. And yes. on a Wednesday night at training, I couldn't train because uh, my knees were just so so sore. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'll be able to get through three games. But I, I managed to, but it was just too painful in the end.
0: You're with This Is Your Journey. It's brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating lives. You can visit them at tobinbrothers.com.au. Well, Karen Rolton star is about to shine on the international stage. That's next.
1: You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello,
0: we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. We're with cricket run machine and Hall of Famer Karen Rolton. Now, Karen, those who saw you early on in South Australia said you were destined for success. Now, they may have been proven right as early as your Australian debut. It's 95, you picked in an ODI Tri-Series against New Zealand and India, and on debut, you take three for thirty-four off nine point five overs, and you hit thirty-three off thirty-four balls against the Kiwis. Were you were you nervous going in?
2: Yeah, I, w- I would have been nervous going in. Like just uh, the fact of who I was like playing with. Um, you know, the, the likes of Belinda Clark, and then you had Christina Matthews, and um, um, you know, just some um, amazing cricketers. So that would have been, you know, and I wouldn't have had much to much to do with them. So. Um, I was away, and On top of that, I was always nervous when I, whenever I played, whether it was state cricket or for for Australia. So uh, I would have been pretty nervous going into into that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned 97 in India earlier on. I mean, you made runs in the lead up to that World Cup and you're in good form. You averaged 57.5 with the bat over there and you, you take the five wickets at 15. You're only 23 years of age, but is it around now you feel right at home, like you belonged?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like... I guess I was always someone, you know, with with training, I'd always prepare myself as as well as I could. I'd, you know, was working full time um back then, but you know, go to work, go straight into Adelaide Oval, have a hit um like quite often I'd train uh with Shelley Nitsky, um who also played for Australia as well. And you know, we'd just, you know, do one-on-one hits and sometimes I'd with a personal Personal coach as well, and and then go to to state training after that. So I was always hitting balls to to prepare myself and. Um, to, to get myself ready for whatever level I was playing.
0: And you, t- you touched on it. We'll spend a bit of time talking about this a little bit later on in the show. But in those relatively early days for you and your foray into the professional, well, you know, national, international cricket, what did it look like in terms of, you know, making it all work, having to work, having to play, the funding that may or may not have existed? Can you set the scene for us in that regard?
2: Yeah, you know, it was lucky for, for my parents, like, driving me around, helping me out, um like whether we played state cricket or, or for Australia it was wasn't until 1998 where Commonwealth Bank came on board and and started sponsoring the the Australian team so even when I was playing for Australia the the first two or three years we had to to pay to play we would get an invoice um wow. after playing so wow. and and that was for a lot of state tournaments as as well so i remember after 97 World Cup we we came back to Australia and we did a laugh of honor around the the SCG and um there was a guy uh he owned one of the pubs in um in Melbourne and he heard that each of us were going to have to pay a $1, $1000 so um like after the the World Cup so he um actually donated the money um so that um so we didn't have to we weren't out of the pocket for that so he um so that we were so grateful to him and and then after that that brought a bit more publicity to the fact that we were having to pay to play and yeah and then the Commonwealth Bank came on board in 98 and they've been you know sponsoring you know showing cricket ever since so yeah it was always pretty tough um having to to the work and they were long days working and doing your own training and then training for club or, or state cricket, but that was just something I guess sort of got used to used to doing.
0: Yeah, it just would have felt relatively normal at the time. But certainly congratulations on winning the World Cup title. Here's your invoice is a bit of a sobering experience, isn't yeah. it?
2: <laughs> Amazing. It is definitely. Oh jeez. <laughs> but-
0: You mentioned 98, so 176 not out against England. You made in Test Hunt in that year. And your highest ODI score of 154 not out, it was 176 not out as well, came a couple of years later in the 2000 World Cup. And in that tournament, you finished as a top scorer. You averaged 131 from your seven digs. I'm not sure how much of that dulled the disappointment for you, though, because as we spoke about earlier, that World Cup ended in ended in some heartbreak, didn't
2: it? Yeah, the 2000 World Cup was, um, yeah, pretty tough. I, I, all I can remember is uh, myself and Lisa Kiley were two leading run scorers for for that tournament, and um, we were back in the sheds, I think, <laughs> within the fourth or fifth over. So we were two for hardly anything, and so um, it was it was pretty tough. Watching um, that game and, um, you know, I guess it was hard sort of fact like, you know, for, I guess for me for, that I let the team down, um, you know, by not making any runs and, you know, it was a total we should have chased, uh, should have chased down, you know, probably pretty easy. But I guess, the, you know, you're playing New Zealand, in New Zealand in the World Cup final, um, you know, there's plenty of pressure, but um, yeah, that was pretty tough to swallow at the time.
0: I have to ask you about that test against England in 2001 when you scored 209 not out. I think I might have meant at Headingley, I think it was. And then a new benchmark in the women's game, that score. What What are your memories of that day? And I think at the time you described it as the highlight of your career to that point.
2: Yeah, you know, I guess because, you know, there's, there's so much of 50 over cricket and... And, like, I guess now T20 cricket, but I, you know, used to, I used to love even at club level playing two day games, um, just being able to challenge yourself and, and being uh, instead of batting for you know 20 overs or 30 overs or whatever it was, just being able to go, okay, well, just bat for five or six hours and um, or, or bowling like for 15 20 overs in a day as well. So, you know, um, you know, I used to love playing test matches when when got the opportunity and
0: Mm.
2: you know I don't don't think I changed my game too much at all um whether I was playing 50 over cricket or or test match cricket I tended to go out there and if the ball was there to hit you know to hit it and hit as hard as I could so um you know I just back then just cherished every game that uh, I was lucky enough to, to play for Australia.
0: And just with the test format, I mean, is it similar now in modern day? I mean, would you like to see the the girls playing more sort of longer format games nowadays?
2: Yeah, I think you know, there's a few more test matches mm. uh, starting to to be played, and you know, a lot of the girls. Like I even played cricket. Like I was uh, Elise Perry's first uh, Aussie captain when she first made the team, and she's still going now. But you know, we all grew up watching the Ashes and and all that sort of stuff, and you know, there's so many good contests there. Um, with the men's side of things. So, you know, that's just something we want to emulate as well. And, um, I, I'm sure down the track, um, there'll be more and more test matches played. And, you know, we've seen a couple of good test matches already. The Australia, India one that are in the women and Australia, England. So I think the more they play, the the better they're going to be.
0: Just on that 209 not out, Karen, I think you only gave two chances. One was at 157 and another one was said to be on 191. Now, is it right that when Julia Price, your old teammate, came out to bat at one stage, she said everyone in the dressing room was ready to kill you if you didn't break the record?
2: <laughs> I promise. That's, they probably did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I can't quite recall that. But, um, you know, I remember making the, obviously, the 209, you know. Um, and, and, you know, it, just, it didn't really bother me. I just wanted to do... I just remember because the first test, I got out for a duck. So, um, and Michelle Gosgo went out and made two hundred and four. So, uh, and then we sort of reversed it. She made a duck, and and I made a two hundred nine. But um, as I said, that was just something I wanted to do, just be out the bat for a long period of time and 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 help the team win. And I remember we declared, and you know, we won with the, a day to go as well in that test.
0: And did I see a photo? I'm not sure. Did you get a bottle of champagne out of it for 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 something for this? I did. <laughs> <What was laughs> yes. <that about>?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think for just breaking the... Um, the record at the time, so uh-huh. um, yeah, no, pretty handy to, to be
0: given that. Geez, <laughs> you posted some big knocks though, and I mean the thing I notice about a lot of these knocks is that they have a knot out attached to them. I mean, can you let us into your psyche as a batter? I mean, you're in the middle, you make a start, you're set. Was there a real determination to go on and post a big one, you know, to not waste it?
2: Yeah, that's, and I, I did that all through, I guess, throughout my career whether I was playing club cricket and working on things you know I just wanted to practice like batting for a for a long period of time but um I I think it was just something I enjoyed I I love the challenge uh whether we're batting first or 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 chasing And, and you know sometimes found myself in situations where we probably needed 10 and over in 50 over games 10 and over for the for the last 10 overs and you know we pulled off some of those wins and um, you know, I enjoyed the challenge, and you know, just being able to to do that and bat for a long time. And I, I think I threw. There was a period where I think you know, I'd either make one or a duck and get out third ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's happening here?" But you know, I soon got over that um, in the middle of my career. And you know, I guess once I was in, I guess I was, you know, I didn't want to make it easy for the bowl, for the bowlers. To, to get
0: me out Yeah yeah, and you mentioned a couple of times already just the you know you were a competitor and you were competitive is that something that was harnessed as you, you made your way up through the grades and became a, a, a an international cricketer or was that the product of your, your childhood and that upbringing that you had I mean was it naturally new or did you develop it along the way Well
2: I think it was probably natural or like I there's a lot of things I hate losing at so right. <laughs> um, and, I, and I get pretty competitive whether I'm going tenting, bowling or if I'm whatever it is playing, you know or anything Monopoly whatever like I just you know it's just something in me that I've, with whether it's playing team sports or whatever I've just you know I've enjoyed winning and, and obviously it's not always about winning but um, when you get to that higher level obviously it is so it's just the competitiveness that comes out in me to you know just to want to have that winning feeling i guess
0: we're talking to karen rolton on this is your journey thanks to tobin brothers funerals celebrating lives we'll be back with karen right after this
1: you're listening to this is your journey with sam edmund for tobin brothers funerals visit tobinbrothers.com.au tobin brothers funerals celebrating lives You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
0: It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Former superstar cricketer Karen Rolton has been our guest today. Karen, there's well Cup Redemption in 2005 and... In emphatic style in South Africa, your player of the tournament, you averaged 61.5 with the bat, 107 not out in the final. Were there a few demons banished that day after 2000 collectively as a team? I mean,
2: yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it was a long time between the, the 2000 World Cup and the 2005 yeah. World Cup, so you know, there was plenty of training and and just thinking about it. and you know, just with all the different series played in between as well to, to be ready for for that day. And as I said, like, we also didn't play a lot of cricket and World Cups come by every four years, so you're not going to play many in your career. So um, it was just, you know, we worked very hard. We had, a, as I said, a very good team. And we, you know, we knew each other's games. We trained hard, we worked hard. And, um, you know, it was good that it all paid off, Um in that 2005 final.
0: Did you party hard too, though? Were the girls good at celebrating?
2: Oh, yeah, we were pretty good, I think. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we always waited until, um, you know, it was just, I guess, nice to be able to recap after a series or a tournament and, you know, just sit together and, you know, just reflect on what we've just achieved.
0: So 107 not out in the final for you, but you also took 10 wickets at an average of 11. I mean, do you look back on this period? So around the 2000 to 2006 sort of um, period of time is when you were just at the absolute peak of your powers. And in oh you you're obviously named the inaugural ICC uh, Women's Cricketer of the Year. Was this your golden window as we look back on it? Yeah, I
2: think so. I think that was when I was playing some uh, of some them. Best cricket, and um you know, I also played men's cricket um in Adelaide, I think during that time as well, just to you know challenge myself and um and get myself ready but um yeah, I was just uh, you know i worked hard enough um and I guess all the hard work paid off um- especially during that time and and I guess like I wanted to play for as long as as, as I could for Australia because as I said, I cherished every moment of Lucky enough, whether it was to put on the baggy green or the the floppy hat for Australia. Um, <laughs> It was just something I always wanted to do, and um, just loved being out there playing and representing my country.
0: What was it like coming back, even just at club level, playing against the men after representing, um, you know, um, Australia on the international um, stage with the women's team? I mean, did they did they fancy taking a scalp when they uh, got the chance to bowl against you on the, in those club games? How did it work? The chemistry of it.
2: Yeah, it was um, like I was, I was lucky because I'd already been at Port Adelaide Cricket Club mm. for for quite a while, and I I just remember. I think the season before I played men's cricket, you know, um, one of the guys come up to me and I think I must have averaged about two hundred and seventy or something in the club season and they're like, Why don't you come and play with us? And I was like, oh. in um so I did think about it and I was like, Oh, I'm not sure how this would work but, you know, it was probably um it helped me in my career and was when I was playing some of my, my best cricket and and I think my teammates at training would give me a harder time. You know, they'd bowl me bounces and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and they made it pretty hard, but it, it was good practice. And yeah, I think everyone wanted to try to get me out. And, um, and I remember when I was bowling, like in games, they didn't want to get out to me either. So um, I managed to take a few wickets because um, I think they were too worried about, you know, just trying to not get out.
0: Yeah, that's right. So back on the international front, you you took over the captaincy at the start of 06 from Belinda Clark. It, the captaincy did it. Did it sit well with you?
2: Yeah, I didn't mind um, doing it because I was already captaining, I guess, my club and also um, the the state team as well the uh, the South Australian cricket team. So um, and I I think before that, '97 um, World Cup, I became vice captain. So I was actually vice captain of the Australian team for. Mm. Uh, you know, probably 10 years, you know, nine, 10 years um, under Belinda. So... Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was a, a a great challenge, and and I guess something you know I always wanted to be.
0: So in two thousand and nine, you, you lead the team into the World Cup as skipper, and it's a, the Australia's first World Cup campaign on on home soil. Now you finish fourth. Uh, was, was there a lot of pressure going in? Do you remember what it was like at the start of this uh, tournament? It's never easy for the for the side hosting in so many respects.
2: Yeah, there was a, a lot of pressure for sure um, going in, home World Cup. Um, especially after winning the one in two thousand and five, and yeah, we just played not very good cricket. Um, you know, we had our obviously our chances to 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 win games, and um, yeah, it was probably unlike us. You know, whether the pressure of it got to us uh, or not, but um, you know, obviously, I would have loved to have been a, a captain of a World Cup winning team, and especially winning it on your home soil, but. Uh, It wasn't
0: meant to be. We spoke about, you know, back in the day, you guys having to pay to represent Australia. And, And this is true in all sports, perhaps, but especially in women's cricket, that the previous generation makes it easier... Uh, or better for the next, and so on and so on. And those who came before you did it tougher. But do you take some pride in the fact that you and you know so many of your teammates were trailblazers in so many respects for those who came after, and indeed those we're we're watching now?
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, you know, as, as I said earlier, you know, I would have loved to have um, been doing cricket full time. You know, not having to work, just um, going and, and training during the day and. And, and playing a lot more cricket um, as, as what they are now, but um, you know, I guess if you know, for I was lucky enough to be able to do what I did because of um, all the women that went before me as well. So mm. um, yeah, there's, there's always a, a you know the the pathway for it, and um, you know, I guess I think near the end of my career we. We actually, you know, formed, like, with with the Players Association as well, so the ACA. So, um, and then contracts started coming in uh, just at the very end. So, you know, it's amazing to see where the game's gone and, and now where, it, you know, it's going ahead in the leaps and bounds at the moment.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What what sort of state you think the game's in at the moment? I mean, my mind just is instantly taken back to the, the MCG and the T20 final of 2020, you know, that crowd... That atmosphere. I mean, bloody Katy Perry was performing. I mean, COVID. We, we couldn't ever have anticipated. But has the game capitalised on that momentum-wise as much as it as it could have possibly have done?
2: I think it has, and um, you know, a, a lot of people remember it as well because there were so many people at that game, um, and obviously COVID hit after that. So it was probably you know it's been a bit hard for for cricket tours to go ahead and, and everything like that but you know everyone remembers that day yeah, at the G where there was about 86,000 people and you know during the half time break I was actually lucky enough uh, there was a few of us we actually went out um, uh, onto the ground and sort of formed like a guard of honour of the girls coming through back out onto the field and you know I just remember being on the ground and looking around and just thought wow how amazing uh, just seeing everyone you know the the crowd of 80-plus thousand people. So, um, no, I think it's definitely uh, capitalised on it and just going ahead and leaps and bounds um, at the moment. And, you know, if you, I'm sure if you go to schools or you, anywhere, you know, lots lots of the kids now know who all the women's players are as well.
1: Yeah.
0: So what keeps, you? before we let you go, <coughs> what keeps you busy today, Karen? You mentioned you, you're coaching at club level, I think.
2: Yes, I am. I'm coaching at um, Melbourne Cricket Club. So I've been there for about, well, I think this is about my fourth season um, now. Uh, I was coaching at another club uh, beforehand, but yeah, moved. And yeah, Melbourne Cricket Club's um, really good. So that's uh, what I've sort of been, uh, besides obviously working as well, but um, yeah, helping out at, at Melbourne.
0: Well, Karen, really appreciate you joining us today. I mean, you epitomise so much of what we love about the game of cricket. You are you were an inspiring figure with the bat and the ball, and you've not only got a resume you can forever be proud of, but a legacy that definitely lives on. It was a, it was a record-breaking career in so many ways. So well done on all you achieved, and, and thanks a lot for joining us.
2: No, thank you very much for having me on.
0: And thanks for joining us. Also, you've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You can jump online. You can find them at dot and we'll catch you the next time we celebrate another great sporting journey. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.